0: Let's get into it. Welcome back to Confident AF. We are here with Brienne, and I am so excited. Brienne, aka Girl Stop Dieting, I'm so excited to have you on. You guys know how I feel about my dieting journey, my food freedom journey, everything like that. So we are going to talk all the things dieting, all the things self worth, and I can't wait. Give you guys a little background on Brienne. She is a nurse turned business owner. She's also a mom of six. Six. You heard that right. So give it up for all our moms out there. You are doing the Lord's work. She's also the creator of Girl Stop Dieting. So I cannot wait to get started. And everybody, welcome, Brianne, to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Great to be here.
0: Yes, I cannot wait to chat. So kind of give us a um, background of you and what your work is, or an overview, I guess, of you, your work, and what you do.
1: Sure. So the, the background of how I got into my work is very long and extensive. I will give a brief summary. I, when I was a young girl, um, I was just not small. Okay. So I was born. Um, my mom always says like, honey, you were born, you know, big, you've just kind of big boned is what they call it. Right. So I ended up gaining a lot of weight as a child. And then you know having a lot of body image issues and so about the time i turned 12 or 13 i started struggling with an eating disorder and i drank copious amounts of water ate one nutrigrain bar a day like that was my allowance if you will and so grateful to to god and you know the universe and all the things and healing i came out of that after only about a year um but it turned into different forms of in my opinion self-harm um i was binging and purging for a long time and ended up with addictions and so i just like my early years on this earth were hard and i struggled and i went through so many things so then i went on and became a teen mom uh, later eight years later I had another child and then two years after that I had my third um, and so I have six together but three I gave birth to after my third baby I was I'm five two so everyone always thinks I'm taller uh, based on social media but they meet me in person and they're like oh you are little so <laughs> I'm only five two and after I had my son I was close to 300 pounds. And my frame, just being short, I'm just not built. I was achy. I hurt all over. I started having blood pressure issues, health problems. So I said, okay, uh, you know, you've done this before and it was very unhealthy. You've lost a lot of weight before in an unhealthy way. So now you need to go and do it in a healthy way. And it took a lot of trial and error, but eventually I figured it out And I started with keto and, you know, I have my own opinions on that now, but that's where I started. I'm always very honest with people. And I did lose about uh, 60 pounds. So about half of the weight I lost, I lost with keto, but I found uh, coming from all those poor habits that I had as a young girl and teenager that I was just binging. So doing keto during the week and on the weekends it was pizza and it was all the biscuits and all of the carbs that you could imagine. So Uh, I found, okay, this is unhealthy. I'm going to end up, you know, back where I was before. So I had to do this like backwards. Uh, some people call it kind of like reverse dieting and figure out how to get myself away from keto and be able to like eat carbs again. So it was a lot, a long time. I got it right. And over a period of about three years, a little less, I lost 120 pounds And I, the last tail end, so half of my weight that I lost, I did it without dieting, you know, no weighing food, no, I barely weighed myself only when I went to the doctor, Um, no tracking no calorie counting no macros, no dieting, Uh, I wouldn't call it total food freedom. Um, but it is food neutrality 100%. And so it's, I have just experience with so much. And that led me to the work that I do now. Um, everyone's like, I want you to help me lose weight, I have a background in nursing, so I know the health stuff. Um, and that's what I do but i'm just very I, I call myself radical because i do it the total opposite of what most fitness um people you know do to help women lose weight and so i'm a weight loss coach but at the same time i find so much uh joy in kind of like what you do more of the body image confidence and most of my women end up losing like 20 30 pounds and they're like okay i'm done i'm good here <laughs>
0: I love that so much. I love your story and I love that you used the word radical and it's just so much like like you said it's a huge story so there's a lot to unpack. Um and I'm excited to do that with you. Um when you shared about your story, um I love that you were like I'm an open book. Um because I know it can be a lot to share all these different parts of our story and when I was creating the podcast I had to like think like what, wait, what am I going to share? Like, am I going to share everything or like, what is going to happen? And then you get to this place where you're like, you know what? I like, I'm owning all of it. So I love to see that. I love it when someone puts that on the questionnaire. Um, If you are like an upcoming guest or you're wanting to be on the podcast, I always ask that question on the questionnaire is like, is there anything you don't want to talk about? And I love it when people put, I'm an open book. So um, before we get into everything, let's do a weekly fave. Um, do you have something you're loving this week?
1: I do. And it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So I got diagnosed with ADHD, um, like two months ago. And so I've been in this like weird treatment phase where we're starting to try to figure out what is going to work for me, but the medication they put me on takes like six weeks to work. So I started micro dosing, um, you know, medicinal mushrooms and, that is what I've been loving this week. Uh, I'm not going to say the company because technically I don't think it's fully legal in the States yet, but there is a place, there is a company where you can order um, and get them and you take like 100 milligrams a day. And so it's supposed to help with focus, mood, stuff like that. So um, I got it wrong yesterday and it was a bit of a macro dose and I was very silly. But I will tell you, um, it, it is. A good silly, like you it, it to me, it feels really good. And when I get it right, I focus so much better. So that I would say
0: that is my weekly fave for sure. I Margaret. love <laughs> that that is your weekly fave. I'm like, yeah. yes, open up the doors. Um, right. I I've been hearing a lot about microdosing for focus. I actually just sent this to my sister because she was recently diagnosed with ADHD as well. She's um 28, so um. But I do think that there is a huge, obviously, this is a whole different topic, but I think that obviously they want to prescribe prescription drugs. So I think that that a lot of times is an easy out for people to be on Adderall and, you know, that's a whole mess on its own. Um, very, very addictive, right? So I am um, I think, anyways, I mean, like not speak, I'm like, let me just disclaim that I don't know anything ever about anything. So let me just shut up. But anyways, I've been hearing a lot about medicinal um, microdosing and everyone who I've heard from um is obsessed with it and loves it. And I will say from my own experience with mushrooms that um I was so nervous to do anything that was hallucinogenic, but with microdosing, you don't have hallucinations. And like you said, even when you take a little bit too much, um, we're talking microdose to like a little bit more than a microdose, not saying we're eating a whole bag of mushrooms like you're thinking the m song. No. Um it is not it's a great silly like you said um we did it recently um and I was too nervous to do it so it was like my husband and his two friends um who've done it before and I was like no I'm like I'm a little nervous um I'm pretty straight-laced when it comes to that stuff but as far as like anything other than like weed but um they were having the best time and they were just silly giggling like little girls and so I was like okay next time I'm doing it with you and I'm I'm a huge fan. So um, yeah. I love that they're also now making it available um, to do even smaller amounts to be like a normal human functioning, no type of like, oh, I have to do it this time or that time and you can take it during the day. And it's an alternative to a prescription drug. I love that. I love that. So yay, I'm so excited for that. Awesome. Um, do you have something that made you do or did you do something? this week or have something, I guess, that you did this week that made you feel confident?
1: Um, I would say last week I started my own YouTube channel and yes, was,
0: pop off.
1: Yeah. It's been something that's been in the work works for years here. You know, like you ever had a project where you're like, yeah, I'm going to start that YouTube channel next week, next week it's, it's on. And then 10 years later, <laughs> it finally happens. So that was my 10 years later project, but I do believe now there was no better time. Um, it, it's really solely about, uh, very much act, not activism, but advocacy for women, you know, those like reaction channels that are out there. It's kind of like that, some commentary reaction content based on, um, just things I have experience in. So yeah, I did it. Um, I was so nervous because of editing and I didn't know the computer editing software freaks me out. It scares me. I don't know how to do half of it, but I found something on my phone and I I, I just did it. And I think that's so, uh, it re- represents like everything that we keep putting off and off. It, like just do it. It might be really messy in the beginning, um, but to be honest, it it made me feel so much better once I just did it. So now I'm just
0: going to keep going. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to link her YouTube channel down below for you guys, of course, in the show notes, which is where you can find anything that we mentioned in the podcast, despite the mushrooms, but anything that we mentioned in the podcast, it will be linked down below for you guys. So anything that we've mentioned on a previous podcast, it'll be linked. Um, So you guys have a lot of resources down there. And I do think, like you said, it is so synonymous with like putting off, putting off things until tomorrow, next week, next year, whatever but it's also really synonymous to like just getting in the thick of it and just doing it and like saying, you know what, I'm just going to try. Um, when I started a YouTube channel in 2016 or 2014, maybe, um, yeah, I didn't have any fucking idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to edit. I used my phone to record and you know, it, it just, it's like anything else. Like once you start trying out things and trying to figure it out, you start learning and then you start uh, you know, getting better and it becomes easier and easier and easier. It's like, we can do all this research, mm. but then it's really about like getting in the thick of it and experiencing it and, and figuring it out um, as we go as well. So I love that. Thank I love you. that. That kind of goes into um, what I wanted to ask you about as you were telling your like bio and what your business is um, and how you got there is you mentioned that you don't you uh, lost the remaining amount of your weight after you did keto, you mentioned that you did it, no macro counting, um, no weighing your food, no tracking, nothing like that. So did you do a lot of research to get there? I know you mentioned it was a lot of trial and error, but did you do any research? Did you have any guidance or was it just kind of like we just talked about with the YouTube thing, like just trying and figuring it out as you go?
1: It was, um, I definitely did some research for sure. Now, because I had the um like I was known as the keto girl for a while. My uh screen name here on, in, or on instagram used to be keto brie. So you know it was uh all my brand for a long time and I had a lot of knowledge from learning about keto, uh my background in nursing, putting those two together and then learning about like blood sugar, how your body regulates your hormones. I had just so much knowledge that I had learned from that journey of going keto. And I kind of started looking at it like, well, I don't need to be in this state of ketosis, which is the whole purpose of keto Um, in order to burn fat. There are many other ways to burn fat. I mean, essentially it really truly is You need to burn more calories than your your body needs. So I started thinking about that, and keep in mind at this time I had uh, already started losing. So for anyone who's listening to this, you know you always have to remember everyone's story is different. Uh, I had already started losing, so my body, my metabolism was already kind of primed, if you will. But I look at food different after learning about healthy fats. And that's really the basis of keto is like, you're eating mostly fat and people think that's so unhealthy, but what they don't realize is not everything is trans fat. Uh, There are actual healthy fats like olives and avocados and nuts and seeds. So um, I said, okay, well, if I could do keto, I can still eat a majority of fat, But I thought that one thing on keto is I didn't get enough protein and I don't think enough people, women, especially we don't, my hair was like thinning. I cut a lot of it off and I'm growing it back out now, but my hair was thinning. Like I was seeing some side effects and I said, okay, I'm not getting enough protein. So I kind of worked with those two macros, like protein, fat, and then I didn't think about carbs. I said fiber instead. So I replaced the word carbs because it's scary. And I have this like association of bad when I hear the word carbs because of just a lifetime of dieting. So I replace the word carbs with fiber and I look at a plate of food and I say, okay, um, I'm going to start. I used to start with fat when I was keto, but instead I said, I'm going to start with protein and I'm going to support the protein and make sure either it has enough fat or I need to add something, some sour cream, add some cheese, um, you know, a sauce that maybe is heavy cream based, add some fat or avocado, whatever. And then I always make sure I have a fiber, whether it's a fruit. Um, I can't eat gluten. It breaks me out and I have all kinds of issues with it. But back when I was eating gluten, I would add, um, you know, some kind of pasta. Well, now it's just like rice instead. There's plenty, like people think if you're gluten-free, you have a very limited, like rice doesn't have gluten. You could still eat rice. Come on. (laughs) Uh, Quinoa. I mean, there's so many other foods based uh, that aren't based on this standard American diet that I think people forget about. And most people, in my opinion, don't get enough vegetables. They don't get enough fruit uh, and they don't get enough whole foods. And so With that, I really just focused on protein, fat, fiber in that order, and a lot of whole foods. And when I do want something like chocolate, I actually have always have a stash in my drawer. Oh my God.
0: I love those. I love those.
1: are they good? I don't get the normal Reese's peanut butter cups. I do what I call food duping. And I find a decent, I wouldn't say better option because I don't want to morally like whey food, but I find an option that has maybe a little less sugar. Um, you know, non-GMO, if that matters for anyone, just like high quality, if you will, a high less quality-
0: process, like yeah. higher quality yeah. ingredients. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. I I love that you are focused on that as well. And I love how you talked about focusing on protein. And I think we should break down just really quickly um Devin when she came into my if you guys have listened to the podcast before you guys know Devin fed with Dev um she came into Batty Girls Club and did um, a whole lesson for them on um nutrition because she's a nutrition coach and a lot of she's a really whole nutrition coach as far as like she focuses on whole foods she focuses on not cutting things out finding dupes that kind of stuff and we don't mean like dupes as in like sugar-free Russell Stover, um, like, like that kind of dupe, like not talking about that, like diet dupes. We're talking like finding a better ingredient, finding like, what can I substitute in this meal and still have this meal? Like maybe I should have it lettuce wrapped. Or if I have the burger, maybe I should get a a salad on the side, right? Like we're talking balance. Um, and so she, when she was in that, um, lesson, something that I noticed and that I forget because I have a huge background in fitness, nutrition, dieting, like I know so much from, because of everything I've done as far as even for just for myself, like you were saying that so many people don't even really realize what a protein carb and a fat is. So, um, when we're talking about like protein, we're thinking obviously like fish, eggs, dairy, um, meat, tofu, and it comes in a lot of other things as well. But the main thing that I think we're um, saying here is like, look at the back of a nutrition facts of something. And if you don't know what something is, oh, is this a carb, protein, or fat? Look it up. (laughs) It'll tell you really quickly on Google. And then you can build your plate in that way. And, you know, we just, my husband and I just switched to, from eating intuitively um, to really focusing on protein. And I mean, that's always kind of been a big focus for us, but we've been a lot heavier in focusing on that protein and whole foods. And yeah, even me who I do already focus on protein, I still wasn't eating enough. Um, I still wasn't eating enough protein and adjusting to eating more. It's tough at first, but it definitely is going to give you a higher, you know, there's so many benefits. Let me just shut up. Yes. There's so many benefits of eating more protein. I'll let you actually talk about that, but I want to, um, you said that you went on an intentional healing journey. And so was that part of your intentional healing journey? Just, uh, working like with the food and figuring out what works for you. And if it was that, was there other things combined in that healing journey other than just food and your weight loss? (laughs) My Uh, fire alarms are going off today, guys. So if you hear me like awkwardly pausing that, that is why.
1: (laughs) Yes, I went on a um, holistic kind of healing journey, meaning like I wanted to not just heal my body, for example, and not just heal in the traditional sense. When people say healing, we always think of emotional healing, mental healing, and oftentimes people leave out the body. but I truly believe that it's all, it is all connected. We know that. But, um, I think that a a huge piece of my work that I do reflective of where I came from in my own journey is if your mind is not aligned with your body and vice versa, if your nervous system is always activated, if you know, you're tired all the time, like it, it all affects, if you're tired all the time, then you start to kind of lose your mind, right? Like you, you can't figure out, okay, why am I tired? And it's this constant, uh, it becomes an obsession and you're so busy trying to figure out why you're tired all the time that you're tired from all of that. And so again, with like emotional eating, things like this, if your mindset is off and you continue to emotionally eat and continue to gain weight, or just start putting on weight well then there's there's a chance of more emotional eating happening and I find that everything is a cycle you know one thing uh, triggers the next it triggers the next and it's like a, a game of dominoes and so the fir- for the first time I went on a healing journey I had the weight to lose and that's not always the case for everyone sometimes people don't want to lose weight at that time so at this time I needed to for my own health and so I did Um, decide, okay, I'm going to do a lot of inner work and I'm also going to start doing the physical things like walking every day, for example. Um, Eating, you know, like I was talking about earlier with the prioritization of protein and actually thinking about what i'm eating because what i used to do is like what sounds good oh a steak hoagie yes that definitely and fries and you know cereal for breakfast and again like there's nothing wrong with people that eat these things every single day but for me when i do that i don't feel good i don't think clearly uh i break out i i get ill if you will like my my body starts to shut down um no energy, brain fog, all these things. So I had to really learn how to treat myself kindly, how to start respecting myself enough to want to put good foods into my body. Because I think that was the biggest issue is I just didn't love myself, respect myself in all those years before, 29 years of my life. And I was about 29, 30 when I actually started this healing journey. So it's been four, yeah, it's been four years now. Um, and now I'm just kind of on a permanent one.
0: <laughs> yeah. The journey never ends, right? Like oh. that's the best part about it though. Um, is it never ends. Um, I have so much to say on all of this, but can you hold on for one second? I have, i <laughs> like, I have so much going on in the background of this video because, <laughs> The alarms are going off and making my dogs anxious. So hold on one second. I'm going to take a 1 minute break and I'm going to be right back to to talk to you about that and I apologize.
1: No no no, you're fine.
0: Okay. How is it to want the how is it that you have 6 kids and I am the one that's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. Hold on my dog."
1: <laughs> They're all all of them are in school but one and he's out
0: there with his dad. So Oh, nice. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. If I could send my dogs to school, I would. Um because that is like the biggest struggle on my podcast is like my dog interrupting because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they have issues, you know? Anyways. um, (laughs) Okay. Talking about the um, subject we were just talking about. So I love that you're, (laughs) I love that you're coming at your healing journey from a holistic standpoint. I love that you use that word because it is all connected. It's so connected. And the uh, thing that I thought was really interesting that you said was that you said, um, you're like tired from being tired from being tired and you go in this cycle. And then, um, you said when you don't eat well, right. You don't eat well foods, you don't feel good. Like you feel physically ill. You feel tired, irritable, like, um, you break out like all these things, right? Probably poor digestion. That was a big one for me too. Do you think that some people are just living that way and they think that's normal? Because that's something I've recently thought about a lot, is when I see other people in my family, especially, especially like uh, my parents or Renee's parents eating um like without intention sometimes. I think like if I ate all, all, all the different things they're eating, not that they're probably eating a lot, but, um, highly processed things. Like I'm like, my body would literally be so trashed. Like I would not feel good. I'd probably be broken out. I'd be exhausted. I'd have poor digestion. Right. I know all those things come with it. So do we like, I've been throwing around this idea, like, is their body used to that? And they're like, that's, Normal for them, as far as like their body, so their body is like used to working that hard, and they have like semi-normal digestion. Or do they think it's normal? Like, which one do you think it is?
1: I think that they, I think the body at some point does kind of it shifts and becomes kind of accustomed to all of the extra stuff that they may be eating as opposed to a raw piece of celery or something that someone's eating. And then um, a candy bar, for example, if we have those two things, the person who's eating the raw celery, their body doesn't have to work so hard to break it down because it's raw. It has enzymes. It's something your body is, t- is needed needs. There's vitamins in it, but then you eat a candy bar and your body has to work really hard to uh, break that down. The sugar is releasing. So insulin's coming out in, it's being stored. Um, glucose is being stored in your cells. Like there's all of these little uh processes that are going on when you eat a candy bar as opposed to celery, your body doesn't have to do that much work. And nobody just eats raw celery. I mean, does anyone? I don't know, maybe people do, but I always put peanut butter on it.
0: <laughs> Not me. I'm like, it is dirt to me. Yeah, it's exactly like dirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's like the first thing I thought of. So <laughs> think of it like that, like um. Their body probably does, yes, get accustomed to it. And then I also think with that, they get accustomed to feeling like like I used to feel, tired all the time, no energy or low energy, because I know that how I felt back then and how I feel now is totally different. So my body was used to that. um, And I got used to how I felt but I got sick of it eventually. And, yeah. you know, some people don't, some people live their whole lives with uh, Now I have health problems. Like I, you know, a few here and there, but they're pretty small and they're kind of like congenital things you're, you're kind of born with that you you have when you're a child. I don't have any that are because of living, you know, a certain way. However, I think that people in this country, especially are used to being on you know five or six meds by the time we're forty. Um, they're used to having open heart surgery by the time you're 70, having all of these procedures, um, just because you're old thinks that people think that it's normal to have all kinds of surgeries and be at the doctor every single week. It's kind of been, introduced to us as normal nowadays. And I don't believe that it is normal to live that way, but I do think that older generations, um, we're kind of waking up to this, like our generation, but the older generations, I feel like they're very stubborn and they watched all this processed food come up and they really love it. And so, you know, when when they were young, like the bo- the baby boomers, for example, my parents, um, they didn't have all these processed foods like Ritz crackers, for example, or Oreos, that I, things that I think of off the top of my head when they were little, little. But then like they watched it all be introduced to us they love it they tried all the new things that were coming out as they were coming out it's kind of like us our generation millennials or older millennials with computers mm-hmm. you know we know life before computers and now we know life with them so we've seen the the comparison and i think that the older generation um they they like it a lot. And we as people are naturally, we want to be pleasured. We want to feel pleasure. And I just think that some people think that being healthy um is painful.
0: For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is the perfect way to answer that is um I think it's normalized to be on multiple medications, like you said, in your early 40s and then. Uh, surgery and seventies, you know, like heart attack, like all that stuff is like, so normalized. Um, my husband is six years older than me, so he's almost 40 and like, he just turned 38. So most of his friends are around his same age, like 37, 38. And yeah, it's starting. Like some of them are starting, um, like one of them is going to have like a surgery that has to do with health issues. And I'm like, what the actual fuck? Like, come on, like, let's like, you still have time to adjust your diet, your habits, all that stuff. And it's just like normal though, is what the perception is. Um, And Renee, my husband was saying like, it's crazy because that's how our parents are, right? Like our parents are like, oh, I'm on like blood pressure medication and I'm on this and I'm on that. And none of this stuff would have really like shown up for me as much as I think it does now until, uh, Renee's dad got sick. And so seeing being in a hospital more being around the medical industry a little bit more, um, I'm like, Holy shit. There is so much stuff prescribed. There is so much like quick fixes. Um, and it's just, it's so it's, it's such a good wake up call for us that because we're still young, Like we have time to adjust and hopefully prevent a lot of that. Um, And so I love that you touched on both of those. And I do think you're exactly right that your body does get used to certain things and then you get used to feeling that way and you think it's your baseline, you think it's normal. And then you go to feeling a lot better and you're like, holy shit, I didn't realize how bad I was feeling and how exhausted I was or how, you know, broken out I was, that it wasn't anything else except for food. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. It's so interesting. I I I love talking about that stuff. And um, so you touched on that. You lost over a hundred pounds. So first of all, congrats. That is amazing. Very hard to do. So anybody who loses weight, I'm like, yes, queen. Now you help other women lose weight as well, right? So you mentioned that you're a weight loss coach, but you also talk a lot about the stuff that we talk about here, which is like mind, body, soul trauma is like unpacking that along the way. So can you give us an idea of what that kind of looks like for you and your clients?
1: Yes, absolutely. So it it kind of looks like healing from the inside out. If you if you were to take a generalized picture of it and watch someone's kind of whole journey happen, uh you would realize that they had to heal a lot of like how they think first. And my whole like first module, uh, sorry, first month of modules is inner work. It is mindset work. It is overcoming things, learning about yourself. Why do you self-sabotage? Why do you quit? Why do you not get started? Um, And it's really crazy because like I have people come into the program and they never start. Being in this industry is one of the hardest industries because it's one of the hardest things for people to do. And sometimes people will pay for a program or even like you're a personal trainer, they'll pay for stuff and maybe not show up. Um, They don't come to the coaching calls or they just don't do it. And it's a shame to me, but I understand it because it's here and it's in your mind and they don't realize that part. So instead of getting started so they can work on why they think like that, they choose some some people, not all, some people choose to stay in that kind of stuck place. And it's sad to me, but the ones that do go through, they print the the lesson uh, like workbooks out, um, or they at least use a notebook, and they write it down and they just kind of go with it. They use what they have to move through the mindset work those are the ones who are, um, you know, 12 pounds down, like not even two months in. And they're not making huge changes in their food yet, but they're making huge changes in how they think about food. And the way we think about food comes from our parents. It comes from our grandparents. It comes from you know, everything we've been trained to know about food, the habits, like for example, my parents were nighttime eaters. My dad would go to the the store um, down the road every night and get pepperoni cheese and potato chips. And we would sit around the TV and we would eat together, laugh, watch TGIF and <laughs> like have a grand old time. It was habitual uh, pretty much every single night. So a lot of the time we spent is unlearning a lot of habits and not to say that eating at night is bad because technically it isn't. You can eat anytime. It's just, what is the choice of food you're eating at that time? And learning so much about why people crave particular kinds of food oftentimes is, um, more than their body. Like, you know, how people say your body wants the magnesium in it, or there's something in that, that you need. Well, yeah, usually, but also it's from your childhood. You're used to having salty foods at night, or you're used to having sweet foods at night. And like you said, something about trauma, a lot of these women in my program, I only coach women. um, They have a lot of trauma and obviously like I'm not a therapist or anything. But I am a life coach. And so I am able to work with them on, okay, what's the future look like for you? What does your history look like? And how do you want that to be different? I will say like the reason that women put on weight, it varies so much. It is so different for all of us. And I'll say that a lot of women put on weight because of things that have happened to them. Um, There are women who have history of abuse and a certain kind of abuse where they put on weight because it's a barrier. It's a shell. It's, it's a protection for them. It, there's so much to it. And that's the mental part, um, helping them be confident where they are now. And then understanding that if they want to lose weight and lose that protection, that barrier that they've put up between them and the world, that it's okay to do that. That's a lot of what we do in the program. So the Zooms, the calls look different every week. Uh, Sometimes we talk about food. Sometimes we talk about, um, you know, trauma and how it affects our brain and the subconscious and uh, rewiring. We do a lot of rewiring work so that we can rewire and change our habits because ultimately, the physical logical part of it is you need new habits. We need to, uh, revamp these habits. And then once they have about three down packed within six months, um, everything changes for them.
0: I love, I love how holistic you are in everything that you do. And I think it's so true that Like the reason we put on weight is tons of different stuff, right? But I think a lot of it goes back to trauma, like you mentioned, and putting that barrier between is a huge one that I see, not the only one, just to disclaim, but definitely a huge one. And that was one that I definitely like, even if it's not only to put a barrier, I know a big struggle for me when I was thinking about losing weight and why I would continue to self-sabotage was because
1: they are still doing that.
0: Dang. You're, I was so happy that you were like continuing to expand on the last one because my dogs are also barking at this one. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God. Um, But I think the reason I kept self-sabotaging was because once I started to um, lose weight, then it's like, well, then who am I going to be? And then what protections do I have? Like, then what excuse do I have for Not showing up. What excuse do I have for not going after what I want? What excuse do I have for insert whatever you're talking or whatever you're struggling with here? Because it was, it's not about the weight. The weight is not not actually what's holding me back from doing what I want. But that is a great way for me to say, I'll do it when I lose weight. I'll do it when I lose weight. When I lose weight, I'll be successful. When I lose weight, I'll be more confident. When I lose weight, I'll X, Y, and Z. And so I think that's amazing that you're able to do that with your clients. And I know it probably, I'm going to take your work, I'm going to um, ask you here, but do you do you think that it breeds more of a lifestyle change that is long lasting, that is something that is sustainable for your clients?
1: Yes. Um, and that's a huge focus because... I always tell them, if you are doing something now in the moment that you don't see yourself doing forever, stop doing it. Like if you're doing, um, you know, and it may look a little different when you're in the weight loss versus the maintenance phases. But if for example, someone is not eating enough and they're still not dieting, but they're not eating enough. Well, you can't do that forever. I don't want you doing that. I would rather my clients lose the weight slowly over time, sustainably, than to lose a whole bunch of weight and put it back on. A huge like goal for our program is not to regain and not have that rebound weight, to not sabotage. And if you put the habits in place correctly, like the habits are meant to be, then the weight shouldn't come back because it's meant, like people don't realize weight is meant to come off slowly, you know, my 120 pound journey took about three years. And if you break that down, that's what 40 pounds a year, break that down even further. It's like less than a pound a week, or uh, actually, I don't know, but it's not much. Okay. (laughs) It's not much. And something you said is really huge. I lost 120 pounds. And I always said that, about like, I'll be successful when I lose weight, I will travel when I lose weight, I will wear a bathing suit when I lose, all of these things, I always said that. And from someone who has lost, you know, a small human in equivalence, uh, you will not do anything differently when you lose weight. You will you will wear a smaller size, that is literally it. But until you change what makes you not confident, um period, that lack of confidence will follow you for life. I remember hitting my goal. My goal initially was 160. And I hit that and I was like, okay, everything is supposed to come together. Now my whole life is supposed to be perfect now. <laughs> right? And nothing yes. happened. I just <laughs> never changed, you know? And I remember being like, I really thought this would feel different.
0: Yeah. And it isn't that crazy. Yeah. I thought this exact same thing. Like the first time I did a really big weight loss, I was like, I thought this would feel a lot different. Like I, I still feel fat. I still feel ugly. Like I still feel like I can't wear the bikini. And I was literally so small. (laughs) Like, like it, I mean, it probably had a lot to do with that. I didn't have a lot of muscle at the time. I didn't, I was just starting, but which is why my body felt a lot different than it does now, but it I thought this specific weight I would have like the bombshell body, and I would be like just perfect, and every my life would be perfect. I just it and we don't think that when we're in it, we don't think that we're thinking that way, but the way that diet culture has always you know portrayed it is like. I lost a hundred pounds, and now I have all that I want. I can run around with my kids. I am wearing the bikini on the beach, like ripped, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh wait, like it actually has nothing to do with our weight. Um, it's just funny. But you also talk about a set point, point. and can you explain that to us? Like a set point as we're as a reference to weight.
1: Absolutely. So I got down to about one fifty. Um in the summer of 2021 the lowest i had been oh, for many years um so 1552 is pretty small for me um like so i got there and then my body like rejected it i got very to a very low weight for me and my body stayed there for only about a month or two and then it started creeping back up slowly very slowly um but then my body kind of rested right around 162 163 and so i was like okay and i wasn't eating any differently i wasn't moving any differently i wasn't doing anything to make that weight come back um but i i think that that's my what what i call set point and i think that A lot of people do lose a lot of weight and then you'll see they'll gain like back maybe 15 pounds or so. And some people, you don't even, nobody probably even knows I gained back 10 or 12 pounds. Um, But you see it, there's a change there and your body has like this optimal weight where it's just happy and it's just, it wants to be there. And if you try, if I, and I did for a long time, if I try to fight it, and say, no, I want to be 150 all the time forever. I'm gonna keep teetering back and forth between 150, 160. And it's that that last 10 pounds, like that people are always struggling with. And I believe it's because their body's happier in one of those places. And you know, if, if I start eating less, working out more or whatever. I can't really eat any more healthy than I eat now. I I can't, you know, I eat when I'm hungry. I listen to my cues and I do all of that. So I'm looking at myself from, I'm very healthy where I'm at. I eat great. I move my body. I drink my water. I can live with being 10 pounds heavier than my lowest weight. I'm good with it because this is what my body's telling me is the healthiest for me. And that's, you know, I think that everyone's set point is different and yes, you can change it. But for me, I did three years of weight loss. I don't want to do it anymore. So I'm going to stay at my set point and just be happy with it.
0: Yeah. I, <laughs> I first of all, just want to say thank you for dealing with me today and dealing with the background chaos. I always want to bring like a really peaceful and relaxing energy to the podcast, a confident, relaxed energy. <laughs> That is not my energy today. At least I hope it is somewhat coming across that way. So I apologize and I want to say thank you. Um, But I think it's really interesting. I think um, you could tell us from like a medical background. I think a lot of that like set point weight would also be like us becoming more of like a woman. I know um, in your journey, right, you started right before you turned 30 and now you're 35. For four. um, So I think I'll, I noticed that I was just talking to a client about that yesterday is that like between 29 and 32, Um, actually probably closer to like 28 to 32. I noticed like, even when I get smaller, like my hips are wider, you know, I haven't had kids yet, but I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, like I'm not, you know, 20 anymore. And that's a great thing. I'm really happy that I don't, I'm not that way anymore, but you know, it's, it's, I think it also is about like growing into our um, womanhood and that sounds so cliche, but g- growing into that, I think it's also like, if we're continuing to work out, we're probably building some muscle underneath there too. And I think our body is also storing some fat because it wants to have a little bit of fat for a higher, like um, regulation of your hormones and all those different things. So I think a lot of that isn't just us like being like, oh shit, like I'm ha- I have an extra 10 pounds of body mass on me or 10 pounds of fat as you may think of it as it's also just your body filling in it's kind of like I explained it to my husband the other day we were talking about the same subject and I was saying like okay our dog right Nikki she is six years old now well if we look back at pictures even she was full grown three years old she looks vastly different than she did at that she does now. And even though we have her, you know, she exercises way more than she ever did. We take her on a two mile walk every single day. Her food is very regulated. So it's not that she has eaten anything different. I mean, she eats the same food, the same amount every day for the past three years. That's a perfect example of how she has just filled in Mm -hmm. to an adult. Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Medically? (laughs)
1: Yes. Your hormones change. Like you said, uh, your women, your woman hormones change. And especially, uh, women who have had children, we go through a lot in pregnancy. Uh, we, we go through a lot in a period. Okay. In a menstrual cycle that women, we are, it is back to normalizing things in America. It is normalized to work through your periods, to just move right through, uh, do all the sports, play in gym class. You know, it doesn't matter if you're on your period and you don't feel good today. You you have to do gym class. It's a Wednesday. What what do you mean you can't? We never got the okay to rest as females during that week. And what I want to encourage you to do is freaking rest during that week. Your body is shedding like stuff. You know, we we know what it is, but uh it is shedding and if you think about it like from an energetic standpoint, your body's trying to get rid of stuff and you're trying to like add everything to it. You're putting more on on its plate and uh you know, I only learned about the like infradian rhythm, the way that your menstrual cycle really is with all of the uh phases of it recently in the last year or so. And I was like, why are they not teaching this in school? And it has to do with weight, like all of those hormones and stuff, you know, you can actually kind of, uh, change your, your diet, meaning just intake, not on a diet, change your diet, uh, for the phases of your menstrual cycle. There are certain foods that are better for, you know, your estrogen levels, your progesterone levels during different phases. So a lot of it is hormonal and a lot of people don't realize that. And then another thing is your stress levels, uh, greatly affect your weight, whether we're talking set point or just period, uh, hormones are a huge, huge factor. Uh, you know, my husband, uh, he's a male obviously, but he was a drinker for a long time and he and I aren't that different in weight now. Uh, He's not a tall guy, but I think he's maybe got two pounds on me. And he used to have, he used to be probably 80 pounds bigger while he quit drinking. And obviously the sugar, he used to drink Twisted Teas, those are very sugary. Uh, That plays a role, but I truly believe that the amount of stress that he was under because he was an alcoholic Uh, and the amount of stress his body was under, and all of that cortisol, uh, it messes with every other system, every system in your body. So hormonally, when we can look at that in relation to weight as well, huge correlation. And then back to mindset. So if we can learn, okay, what is stressing us out? What can we do to minimize the amount of stress I have given any normal day, what can I do? What are the things? Can I get up earlier? Can I go to bed earlier? Am I sleeping? Um, can I get, you know, uh, more sun during the day so that I am sleeping better? There's so much to it. Uh, but hormones with your set point or just with your weight period play a huge role and your hormones do change a lot. A during the month and B just during your life as a woman.
0: Yeah, I love all of that. And I do think that stress is such a huge factor. And I know a lot of people are talking about this now, about regulating, um, or I'm sorry, adjusting like your food intake and also like your exercise routine based on the phases of your cycle. That is not something I have dove into yet, but I'm very interested in it because I just started really learning how much of a factor both of those things are, not only stress, but also um, our cycles, when I started going to acupuncture about two years ago and every time I would go, he would ask me, how are you feeling stressed out wise? And I, at that time, I mean, I was a ball of stress. I'm sure being like anybody who's into energetics, I'm sure he felt that as soon as I walked into the room, but I was a ball of stress, which is why I was going to acupuncture. And my, um, he would ask me about my period every single time. How's your period? When is it? When's the last one? He would see me every week. And so I was like, always thinking like you know when it is like you know but he would ask me every single time how was your period um what is it like um when it was your day 1 or if I, if I was on it right then are you on your second third fourth day like what it what's your normal period like like it was very in, um inquisitive about that and that's what started me realizing like oh that has a lot to do with how I'm feeling it has a lot to do with like my energy levels it has a lot to do with what I'm craving But also like if I'm not feeding it the right way, um, how I'm working out, like it has everything to do with everything. And then when I got into paying attention to the moon cycles as well, sometimes it lines up with the moon cycles and it will switch up on you. And it's just so interesting. Like we are so smart, like our beings are so smart and so intelligent that we're literally linking to the moon at times we link to others you know it's just it's it's so so fascinating like energetics are so fascinating so it, yes i think it has a lot to do with our weight as well and um i'm actually going to have a a girl on here talking all about the period and single, cycle syncing <laughs> with your workouts and your also your nutrition because i find that it's fascinating but it's also very over overwhelming even though I know a lot about like nutrition and diet, I'm like, Oh my God, like it's too much for me to dive into, but I'm going to have someone on talking about that. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, you mentioned your program. And so can you give us some details on that and what it looks like? Is it a group program? Does it run all the time? Is it self-paced? What does it look like?
1: It is a six month group program. Yes. We meet every Monday evening at seven thirty Eastern time. and It is very, um, open, very, whatever y'all want to talk about who has an issue this week. So it's very much like a Q and a based coaching every single week. And then when you sign up, it's called unchained. And that is really, uh, representing just being unchained from the diets, from the stress, from the sabotage, kind of like breaking the chains, if you will, of diet culture, dieting, all of those things. Um, you get modules that you can move through. We actually have like a platform where I host the community. It looks a lot like Facebook. So you know how a lot of programs are in Facebook groups. This is in something that looks like it, but that's actually not on Facebook um, because I don't trust Facebook (laughs) and I don't always get notifications and stuff. So I have my own platform for it. You have modules that you go through, you get access to um, so much, uh, nutrition mindset, uh, some exercise stuff. I don't do a whole lot with exercise. I'm not a, um, personal trainer, but, um, I recommend people. I always tell people, if you think you need a personal trainer, make that a part of this whole thing that you're doing. But as far as like the nutrition and the mindset goes and movement, That's really what it's focused in. And then there's a certain sequence to it. So you come in, you start to work on your mindset, your outlook, what, how do you look at food? And then we kind of make it so you're not looking at food as dieting as bad as I can't eat this today. Or if I do eat this, okay, I have to run five miles tomorrow. So we kind of remove that diet culture um mindset and look at it more from a neutral place and if i do end up eating um okay one of my ladies loves popcorners if you eat the popcorners uh what do you what are you going to do after and she used to say i'm going to work out harder tomorrow and i would say no you are just going to do nothing you're just going to like move on to the next day or the next minute or the next moment, you're not going to be feeling guilty about it. You're just going to be like, okay, popcorn is cool. Like that tasted great, you know? And so changing the mindset and then month two, you work on, uh, nutrition mostly now, again, I'm not, um, a dietitian. So everything in there is just recommend recommendations legally. I always say that, (laughs) but you get food guides. And so you can actually create your own meal plan based on that protein, fat, fiber kind of recommendation that I do give. But some people don't follow that. And they follow their own kind of plan with the same focus, but they still lose weight. It's more about this and how you think, your, your, your mental and how you're thinking about the food. Uh, to be honest, that that is what decides what's on your plate. Uh, more than looking at a food guide. It's really how you're thinking about it. So, And then the third month, we move into accountability. I have like a group chat. I saw you use Telegram. That's what I use too for my program. We go in there, but I don't put them in until the third month when they've got some habits down. And you also get like a uh, reward system. So if you're popping in the chat, And you're dropping your dinner, your workout for the day, you actually get points. And after so long, you can win like gift cards and stuff like that. So I do hold them accountable. It's totally optional. Um, And then month three through six is just that whole trial and error, that really like getting down to the nitty gritty of what is it that you're struggling with and just taking it case by case. So it's six months um, called Unchained. And it is, it looks different for everyone. So it is a little bit of one-on-one there, um, but mostly a group program.
0: I really like that you're doing the, um, so they can come in at any time.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: <laughs> but basically they do the first two months self-paced. Yes. Is that right? But with this, still having the group calls, yep. They can come into the group calls and every different, all different levels are in there. Is that right? That's right.
1: So other people, um, I have like, you know, seasoned, uh, clients in there who are kind of helping new clients along and saying things like, well, this is what worked for me in the beginning. Or I remember when I used to feel that way. So it's like, I'm in their coaching, but my seasoned clients are also, they don't even realize they're doing it, but they're helping, um, newer clients who are just coming in, which is, it's so cool to watch as they go through their transformation mentally. And then that starts to transmute into a physical transformation, like to just watch the whole thing happen. And then they're helping these new people. It's it's so awesome.
0: I love that. That builds a really strong community. That's amazing. You have my wheels turning over here because <laughs> something that I've been like kind of struggling with is I want to run um, Batty Girls Club. I want to run it more. You know, I love it so much. Um, so I'm like, hmm, I have my wheels turning, like I said. But um anytime
1: I, I can show you what I use for like the community platform, it's really cool.
0: Um, but you host also like the group chat through Telegram, right? Like you said. Mm-hmm. I really love that app. I really love using that for coaching. I find it really accessible, very easy. I'm not always on it, so I can tap in like for any coaches listening. That's why I like to use it. I can tap in when I'm ready. So my energetics are not like messed up. Um, I don't have to go into Facebook because I also hate Facebook. Um, So it's, I love that app for that. So I love that you're using it as well. Um, I'll have everything linked for her. Like we mentioned earlier, I'm gonna have her program linked down below for you guys. So you guys can, (laughs) they're still testing the fire alarms. Um, I'm going to have that linked for you guys down below. So you guys can check that out. If it's something that you're interested in, um, let's do, let me make sure I hit everything I wanted to chat about. Yeah, we did. Um, do you have anything else you want to hit on before we go into the rapid fire?
1: No, let's do it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay. We always start with the easy one, which is what is your favorite food? Uh, tacos. Tacos. What type of tacos do you like?
1: I get these um, Siete taco shells they're called. That's the brand. And they're like this buttery kind of taco shell and just regular old ground beef tacos.
0: Yeah. I have not had a ground beef taco in so long. I am. (laughs) Yeah. I have been married to my husband who's Mexican for way too long. So I haven't had a ground beef taco in a long time. But it actually sounds really good. We were just talking about we're going to Mexico and that we've been so protein focused, right? We were like, well, what do we do when we're in Mexico? Because there's a a lot of limited um, stuff there whenever we're there because it's a small town. So we were saying we could just get the meat like from the taco stand, like just have them put it on the side and eat it with our rice, you know, because we also don't do a lot of gluten either. Mm -hmm. So we were saying like, we could just eat that with our rice, like, duh. And I was thinking like, oh, that's going to be so good. That sounds so good. Now you have me craving a taco now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, okay. And then do you drink alcohol at all? I
1: don't actually.
0: No. Okay. Just, so what is your um drink of choice? Just any time of day, non-alcoholic. Bubbly. Bubbly. Ooh, what flavor do you have?
1: This one is grapefruit, but I like lime, black cherry. I like most of them, but I drink so much. Um. Sparkling water, I guess you would call it, or uh, carbonated water. I drink so much of this because I don't like plain water.
0: Oh, I love both, but I do like to switch it up. If you ever have, you ever had the um, limoncello, um, Lacroix?
1: No, but that sounds really good. I like those too. I do like that brand.
0: It's kind of they're sometimes hard to find. Like they have a lemon, they have a lime, but they have a limoncello. I swear it tastes like lemon cake like it's it's sweeter like it's like a like maybe they added like almond or something like that to make it taste like that cakey taste it's very very good that is my favorite one
1: I'll be trying that
0: yes (laughs) (laughs) um okay what is your uh uh if you're going to the movies what type of candy or snacks do you bring or or buy when you're there
1: If I'm buying at the theater, it's definitely uh, extra butter popcorn and Raisinets. I love Raisinets, a big old Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi. We usually buy it, but there is a Dollar Tree next to the theater we go to. So you can go in and literally get the same exact snacks they have at the theater for a dollar. So it's usually Raisinets or um, no, it's it's always Raisinets. Yeah. And popcorn.
0: Do you put your candy in your popcorn? No. No. Okay. That's a very controversial question that I that always is a ask. Sin
1: in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, really? Opinion. Yeah. Well, raisins
0: husband. are a sin in my opinion. <laughs> 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 but I do. Love, I like candy in my in my popcorn. Um, but it's always like a very controversial question. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you drink coffee?
1: Oh, yes. I- okay.
0: What Sorry. is your coffee order right now?
1: Um if it's at Dunkin' Donuts I don't really do Starbucks cuz I'm in rural Maine and we just don't have those very close. Um so at Dunkin' Donuts it is toasted almond unsweetened five stevia five cream and one pump of the oh my gosh what is it? It's like um brown sugar some kind of brown sugar um not caramel syrup. but syrup. Yes, thank you. Um brown sugar something. It's seasonal but I only get Mm -hmm. one pump, of course, because I'm sugar conscious or whatever, but it's really good. Toasted almond.
0: Toasted almond.
1: Yes. Yes. It's, it's my jam. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. We used to be, I was on a huge Dunkin' kick for a while because it was right as I was like leaving my city and having to get on the highway and their toasted almond creamer or not creamer um, syrup. So good. So good. Um, Uh, what is your best Amazon purchase of this month?
1: Oh, lashes. I get my, um, I don't have them on now, but I usually have the, they're called clusters. So I used to get extensions and then all of my lashes fell out. So now I get clusters and I get them on Amazon and it's a wonderful thing. They're cheap.
0: What brand is it?
1: I cannot remember. Um, I would have to look, I want to say it's like a Chinese name, honestly, mm. that I use, uh, but there's a lot of different brands and this one I find is good quality for a good price.
0: Yeah. Okay, sweet. I'm going to have her send me a link for that. So I'll link that for you guys too. Uh, cause we're always looking for lashes. I know I had, um, a really bad experience. I had lash extensions for forever. Um, like probably two years, same girl, One day I went and got lash extensions, boom, totally broken out, like eczema on my eyes. It was horrific. And it was right before COVID. Um, It probably had nothing to do with her. It was probably just me. Um, Like something in my body was like, nope, not doing this anymore. And um, it was right before COVID and I was flying home. I was awake when it was like starting to like, people were like, oh, like there's this new disease, you know, Um, or new virus. Anyways. So I was flying home to um, Dallas the next day. So I got them that night. I got them at probably like five o'clock, came home. My eyes were itchy, but I was like, okay, maybe I'm not used to like having them on or maybe like they're a little bit closer to my lash line than normal. Go to sleep, wake up the next morning. My eyes, I literally look like Hitch. I literally look like I had a complete allergic reaction. It was so, so painful. And then I had to fly looking like that when it literally like, it was like beginning coronavirus. Some people were already wearing masks. Yeah. And so I had to, like, remove them. I wore sunglasses through the entire airport on the flight. Like I had to do I did my eyeshadow. um, I did like a pink and red smoky eye the entire week because I was like, I literally look insane. but I had to do something to make it look intentional. it was it was so bad. um, so bad
1: that's a nightmare,
0: yes. so I totally, yes, I'm always like wearing um regular like strip lashes or cluster lashes. So yes. love that. Um, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what would you be doing career-wise?
1: You know what? That is so funny you ask, because I was in the shower where I have all these ideas um earlier and I was like, I'm gonna start a cleaning business. I think I would run my own commercial and residential cleaning business. I there okay so my daughter had a birthday party this past weekend. And we rented like the, one of the places here where we live. And afterwards, obviously we cleaned up after ourselves and it's like this big building where they play basketball and have all these things. And I could have stayed all night and just kept cleaning because it was kind of dirty. There was a lot of dirt and dust. And I was like, I'm kind of a perfectionist when it comes to cleaning. So I want it all to be done Um, I just think I would be really good at it and I actually enjoy it. And I think that's really important. Um, So even if I still am doing my Girl Stop Dining business, I may just add a cleaning business on top of that.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love that. And if you could like scale it, right. If you could instill that same type of execution with your um, employees or subcontractors or whatever, like so good because that is a really hard thing to find is somebody who comes and cleans and cleans it the way that you would clean it. Like if right. it was your own home, mm-hmm. really hard to find. Um, I'm going to give you guys an update on what mine would be, because when you said that someone my, I think it was Danielle asked me that question last week and I had no idea. Like I asked this question every week and I'm like, oh, I don't know what I would be doing. But as you said that, and then thinking of like my last week. I think I would be like an event or, um, or some type of like, yeah, probably like an event planner type person or a, um, like a trip planner. I know, but a lot of people don't use like a trip planner, but I know some people who still do like planning, like girls trips for people. One of my friends went on a trip where she had somebody plan out the entire thing for her and her eight friends and booked her like experiences based on what she wanted. I would do that. Or I would do like event planning because I do so much research when I go on a trip or when I like, we just went to, um, Guadalajara just for something small. But I was like, okay, hotel, I'm making sure it's good. Right. I did a lot of research, flight, tons of research. So I, and I enjoy that. Like from traveling, I'm like, I'm not getting stuck on like a eight hour flight or like 10 layovers or whatever it is, right? Like I am finding the best option for what I value. And if you can figure out what the person values, then obviously you can help them. So that's what I would do. So I had to give you guys an update on that because it was really plaguing me. It was really <laughs> plaguing me that I didn't have an answer to my own question. But when you said, that, yeah. you said that and you said like, oh, I really good. enjoy it. I was like, oh yes, this is what I enjoy too. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yes. Um, that's the last one. So um, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys really enjoyed Brienne. Like I said, I'm gonna have everything linked down for her down below. If you guys found this episode helpful or valuable or think someone else could use this as well, please share it on your social media. Tag us. We love to see it. Everybody say thank you so much to Brienne. Go and follow her. She has so much good information over on her Instagram. So thank you again for coming on. I really appreciate it. You guys can find us at Confident AF Podcast on Instagram. Thank you for coming.
1: Thank you for having me. Bye, everyone.
0: I will see you guys next week.